0: Uh, Please remind me, it's Rick's birthday today. I don't want to not announce that once he comes out, so just so you know. All right, well, so I see uh, Alan comes walking into the the room, and then I see Alan come walking into the room, and I'm going, (laughs) then I went and shook Adam's hand and said, hey, you look familiar. (laughs) Oh, I gotta turn myself on, don't I? <laughs> hey, so Adam, are you, are you firstborn? No. I'm the baby of the family. You're the baby of the family? Yeah. All right, okay. Well, Adam, he means first one, so I went, hey, baby, he's the first one. Thank you, honey. So there you go. Well, welcome. It's great to see you. Thank you. Okay, how many of you love laughing? Just laughing like crazy. Remember, Abraham laughed, and Sarah laughed, and they named their boy what? Isaac. Isaac, why? laughter. So Isaac shows up at Jerry's and meets a young lady by the name of Heidi wearing a Christian shirt. And Heidi goes, you ought to come out to the hill and check it out. So uh, welcome, Isaac. It's great to have you this morning. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's great. And uh, also too, I want to announce that Rick is another year better this year, today, right? Man, you're looking good. How old are you, 29, 30, 30, I'm sorry, how old are you, don't tell me, 36, <laughs> <36? laughs> All right, Gabe how old are you, <laughs> anyway, moving on, we're going to sing you happy birthday in a minute, but we're going to do these, these uh, really cool, fun, encouraging things, so, Mr. D, your message was awesome, and I think Braxton did that one, it looks like a Braxton handwriting, all right, Liberty and Alan, your faith and growth is such an inspiration. Thank you for sharing your light and bringing Adam here today. All right, there you go. Adam, I hope you have a great time today. All right, so you can sit next to your brother. I don't know what well, I do know. <laughs> All right, Max and Braxton and Ty, it is a blessing to me to hear you singing praise to God from your heart during assembly. Keep it up. And you know what's really fun is I can hear you all the way up here. So one of you guys, or maybe all three of you, could be a, uh, what do you call it? Not a trio. Trio? Trio? Wouldn't that be cool? There you go. All right. Uh, Here it is, another one. Mr. D. Oh, it must have been not Braxton. It must have been Max. Mr. D, uh, thank you for teaching me God's word. All right. Praise the Lord. Scott You have done an awesome job of working through the faith of Abraham and the faith of Christ. That was fantastic. I'm telling you what, I get excited when I I hear new things I can add to my arsenal. It's wonderful. Lars and Angie, your presence makes my heart happy. Thank you for being such a faithful couple, a living example of God's love. Amen. Let's give it up for those two. Woo-hoo! All right, here we go. Adam Hunter, you show up, and you are going to get a word of encouragement. It is such a blessing to see you here! Exclamation point. Welcome to P Hill. Looking forward to getting to know you better. There you go. So, all right. You show up, and people are shouting out for you. Tanya J. I shouldn't have said it that way. Tanya J. Wow. <laughs> 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 she knows I'm just funning with her. I know. <laughs> Tanya Jay, thanks for always being willing to share your wisdom. You really have a way of making people think. And you do it with such a sweet smile. I'm thinking you do it with such sarcasm, in my case. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. And a sweet smile. All right, Tony, you are such a sweet encourager and so loved. Your faith is inspiring to so many. Amen. It's true. All right. Man, look, this just they're, they're pouring in. This is cool. So if you didn't get one, you might. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Yeah, someone here. I'm not sure who that is, but okay. We're going to do it. All right. Andrew Compton. Thank you for your, your musical talent and other gifts to build up God's kingdom. You are a blessing. And thank you for the creation, new creation lesson this morning. It was great. Angie, your bright smile and sweet words of encouragement are always... Such a blessing. This is true. All right, you're getting your aerobic exercise, your cardio. Lexi, I am so thankful you came to Bible class with Miss Jamie. It was great to meet you. There you go. Lexi, glad to see you today. Alan and Liberty, you both shine so brightly, reflecting God's love and inspire others to do their best. Amen, amen, amen. That's awesome. Okay, any others before we sing happy birthday? To the to the older gentlemen. Not old, you're not old yet, you're, you're older. <laughs> older than who, right? Okay, here we go. Rick Steiner, I'm not gonna tell you who told me it was your birthday today. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. I'll tell you, it's, it's great to meet Rick on occasion. We need to do it more often down at uh, Full City. And uh, Rick got to see me having self-restraint. You were talking about those bowls of ice cream. I usually go down there, and when I'm meeting with Rick, it's like one of their nasty, vile, amazing pastries. I held off this last time. So, anyway, it was a good time. It's all about the uh, time together. Pool party, ladies, snack, potluck, and fellowship. Pool party. It almost sounds like uh, uh, go, dog, go. I said it that way. Pool party. Here we go. September 10th. From 12, I'm assuming, in the afternoon until 4 at Tanya Villegas' home uh, out in Cresswell. It's gorgeous. Uh, bring your swimsuit towel and snack to share. Should be a fun party. Now, are these, where are these little uh, pamphlets at? All black on the table. Do I need to know anything else? Ladies only. Ladies only. Ladies oh, only. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh. What was that, Brian? Okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, September 18th, Sunday, September 18th, there's another um, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar planning session. By the way, November 5th. Remember November 5th is when we're going to have the uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. There are a million ladies that, well, not a million, but close, that bring out all sorts of goodies for the, the, the uh, cake walk, the pie walk, the whatever it is that you're gonna get walk. Man, I'm telling you what. So ladies, get your recipes out, get ready to go, and we're gonna have some great stuff there this year. Oh, and I think there's one more that we need to know here. Uh, let's see, our family fellowship dinner in September is the Wednesday the 21st, so there you go. Any other announcements I might have missed? Any others? Wow, okay, great. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to the anchor verse for this last quarter of uh, the theme this year. The theme, of course, as you recall, is the power of trust, the power of trust. And we're really turning into uh, specific practical ways to build trust and become trustworthy. So Ephesians in chapter Four. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. I think it was shared this morning already once. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the morning. We're thankful for the time that we could gather around your your uh, Lord's Supper table and remember the amazing sacrifice. Really do appreciate the the teaching that, that Jeff brought in regards to doing the visual of really realizing the amazing power that you've granted to us through your Holy Spirit. Father, to remember the sacrifice that has granted us your Holy Spirit and granted us the opportunity to grow into the full measure of, of the stature which belongs uh, to your very character. How thankful we are. We pray this morning that we would begin to look at how that, those powerful character qualities, as we possess them and manifest them, causes us to become men and women of integrity, trustworthy, and trusted. And so, Father, as we see the world uh, falling apart all around us, Lord, the church is unshakable, the unshakable kingdom of God, and Lord God, we know that the the wealth of the nations, as it says in the close of the book of Isaiah says, will come flooding into the church, meaning all those who are seeking uh, to be saved, to have a hope in this hopeless world, and we're excited, dear Heavenly Father, to be those people. Help us, Father, today as we turn the corner and we begin to really look at what is the standard of the measure of the fullness of Christ and his character when it comes to being trustworthy we pray in Jesus name amen so we're moving on in the next four weeks after I get back from Montana family camp we're going to be working on humility so I want to start with a couple of questions Would you trust a self-centered, self-righteous person who is wise in their own eyes? I see some going, no. Some are saying, what? Well, let me ask you another question. Would you trust an arrogant man who is selfish and unteachable and knows all things? Would you trust them? Why not? They know all things. They've told you so, so you can trust them. Why wouldn't you trust someone like that? How about the man who's not loving but self willed We know that love is selfless, and we know that the opposite of that is being selfish. You trust somebody like that? Why wouldn't you trust someone like that? Because you know they're in it for themselves, they're not in it for you. Why were people flocking to Jesus? As I shared before, there was really nothing in this world that he had that that someone could possess from him except for being unconditionally loved and served by a man that was absolutely genuine. And so, some other questions. Would you trust a humble person? Maybe. Maybe. How about one who is willing to listen to and be responsive to your needs without any strings attached? Would you trust that person? That's a whole lot different than the guy that knows all things, wise in their own eyes, is unteachable, and all you have to do is ask him about truth and he'll tell you. Now, if you disagree, that's another story. I don't know I'm about you. I'm going to go with the guy who is is uh, willing to listen and be responsive to your needs without any strings attached because they want to help you. Isn't that true? What about this one? The one who has a servant's heart and consistently expresses concerns for you and others and asks how they can help. And you've seen over a period of weeks, months, and years... This person is consistent in that and they follow through. I'll trust that guy over the guy that knows all things. In a heartbeat, I'll trust that guy. So it's important for us to recognize and understand humility is a powerful, powerful character quality of Christ Jesus and those who are mature in Christ in building a community of trust. You know, I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it, because the first time I went to Belarus and I was getting on the plane coming back, I had this sick feeling in my stomach that maybe I had seen the future of the United States. And every time I would go, I still got that sick feeling. And I'm talking about not the, 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 the grungy, dirty grind of what the Soviet machine did to the the landscape and to the cities, but the stripping of joy out of the heart of people. And so I think it's important for us to get back to focusing on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He's looking beyond the, the awful situation he was in to the joy that only God could give. Someone asked me just recently, and it was a a brother who's going through some really tough times. He says, how was the Apostle Paul able to rejoice and sing songs of praise when he was in the inner prison? That's a great question. Because he trusted God that whatever the future held, God was going to work in his heart because he was a faithful man. Now, did God work in the Apostle Paul? Absolutely. That very night, he was able to baptize that jailer and his family into Christ. Because Paul was looking beyond the crush and looking consistently to God's provision. You know, when we step into the scriptures, and here we see, with all humility, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility. The call to you is walk in all humility because the humble man can be trusted. And so what I want to do this morning is I just want to introduce. We're going to come back and look at some of these things very, very closely. In fact, there are three very powerful passages that our master, King Jesus, taught about humility. I'm going to come back and look at those in more depth. I'm just going to share them with you. Two of them are straight teaching and two of them are parables. All four are powerful. But I want to define what humility actually is based upon the word itself. So look at point number one. Point number one in your, in your note sheets that you have there. Take a look. Defining humility for those who are the, the chosen and called of God. For those of you who are wondering, where did I get that, the wording chosen and called? Well, you go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 12, 11 and 12. That's where it talks about it. And so I want to take a look at this word. This word here, humility, 50-12, I don't even know how to pronounce that thing. It's about a mile long. It's not a 25 cent word. It's about a $70.75. It's one of the big ones. It means literally two words, one lowly, the second one, the mind, lowly of mind. Now, when you, look at, when you look at Thayer's, it says depression. I don't think God wants you to be depressed. I mean, I've looked all over the scriptures. He was perplexed. Paul was perplexed, but not despairing. I mean, he was in a really bad way a lot of the times. But he wasn't despairing, he wasn't depressed. He was, in fact, really excited that he had the privilege of sharing the sufferings of Christ. Now, as we take a look at this, lowliness of mind there in in Thayer's, humility is another word, but I want you to think about this one. This one's much better. Modesty in the speaking about your gifts but liberally sharing in the use of your gifts. Let me say that one again. Modesty in speaking of your gifts, but liberally sharing in the use of your gifts. So I'll give an example. I am really quite incredible, if you really want to know, and if you don't, I'm gonna tell you anyway. I'm really quite incredible in my driving ability. I I learned from the very best. I learned on a five-speed Mazda. It was like a little race car. And my mom took me out, and I was, I'm not gonna tell you that when I got my license, I got into Rex within a month, but I am an excellent driver. I, really? why don't you get in the car and drive with me? So some said, I've been in the car with you. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm not walking on the sidewalks either. But my point is, is that there's two ways that we can do this. It's the arrogant guy that knows all things and uh, is wise in his own eyes and he's unteachable. That guy you can't trust. But the man or the woman who lives that life of service, modestly serving not you know boasting or sharing how much they know or how they know all things and but they just are living it that's the guy that's the gal that you can trust it's rather interesting when we look at the book of colossians in chapter 3 and verse 12 there's a list of god's character qualities there the character qualities of the chosen Take a look, Colossians chapter three and verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility. It's the same word. A man or a woman who does not boast about the giftedness that they have, but one who consistently applies it to serve other people. By the way, you know the scripture. I love it. He who waters others, waters themselves. You don't need to tell people about how amazing you are. You just keep watering people with the giftedness that you have, whatever your giftedness is. If your gift is leadership, lead with diligence, it says. If your gift is service, serve wholeheartedly. If your gift is preaching, preach to the amount of faith that you have. I love that passage of scripture in Romans 12. We're going to get to that. But notice it has to do with your giftedness. Now look at the second humility there, to be humble, 5013. To be humble is a rather interesting word. It's a derivative of the first one. It actually means this, to humble or lower oneself for the express purpose of serving others and their needs sacrificially. To to humble or to lower oneself, to serve others in meeting their needs sacrificially. Does that sound like anybody you know? Anybody? You need an illustration? How about the guy who went to the cross because you and I desperately needed our sins paid for because we couldn't do it because it was an eternity separated from God. That is humility. Seated on the throne in glory, takes off his robe, his royal robe, puts on a robe of flesh, walks this life sinlessly, although temp- tempted in every way, tortured beyond degree, and he remains faithful, sinless, so that when he died on the cross, he could become the sin-bearer for my sin and your sin. Talk about humility. See, some people think humility because it's translated sometimes lowliness or meekness is meaning doormat. Jesus was not a doormat. You know when all the soldiers came up to get him? They were coming up to mount all that to get him. Hey, we're looking for Jesus. I am he. And they all fall down. He's not a doormat. They wanted to throw him off the the brow of the cliff outside of his hometown, Nazareth. And he just looked at him and said, it's not my time, and walks right through him. Man, I think he must have given him the eye. Like, don't touch that guy, something's going to happen. Right? See, it doesn't mean you're a doormat. It means you're willing to lay your life down to serve someone else and not to get something but rather to be a blessing. Let God take care of the giving or getting part, giving it to you. You just share and share and share and God will provide. You know, the last, the last definition there is really the definition from uh, Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. Now I've had some people question why I'm bringing a dictionary into a Bible study. If you know anything about Noah Webster, he was a deeply religious man. He believed the Bible was the word of God and he believed Jesus Christ was the only true sovereign. You go back and check me out. The man was a powerhouse man of God. And he knew something about mankind. He knew that mankind liked to twist words. He knew that they, man liked to change up words to get what they want to manipulate others you take a look at, uh, uh, around us, and words do not mean the same. Words have changed. When you read the Bible, it says that there was a rich man that gaily lived all of his life in riches and splendor. What it meant is is he had all sorts of fun. It was like,, you know, life was a party. Is so happy and overjoyed. But that's not what that word means today. The the English language has been twisted. So we don't know. Right is wrong and wrong is right. And you know it, don't you? And so Noah Webster's amazing man that basically wanted to write a dictionary that would lock the meaning of English words in place. And so, quoting from his 1828 dictionary, humility in ethics means freedom from pride and arrogance. I thought that was rather awesome. By the way, you look it up. You can get on your little box there and look it up. Just look up 1928 and it'll come up Webster's Dictionary. And then look for the online version and look up humble. The interesting thing here, in, in, it says, in scripture or in theology, a deep sense of one's own unworthiness in the sight of God. A deep sense of one's unworthiness in the sight of God. You think anybody's going to get into heaven because they're good enough? Well, since I became a Christian, I've never sinned that I can Remember? Well, I'm glad that you think that. You're not getting in on your works, man. You're not. You're getting in because Jesus hung on that cross and paid every one of your sins. Paid for every one of them. From the very first one to the very last one, he got you covered. Now, you want to remain faithful, don't you? Like a wife to remain faithful to a husband or a husband to remain faithful to a wife to live for each other. Amen? Well, of course you want to live for him because he lived for you, he died for you, and he still lives for you as your intercessor intercessor in heaven. So of course you want to remain faithful. Of course you want to live a life filled with good deeds. Of course you do. Now, I want to help you realize that it's not just feeling unworthy when you're compared to God. Oh, if you don't feel unworthy when you're compared to God, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. If you do not feel unworthy, when you come before God and you take a look and go, yeah, that's me, yeah, that's me, that's all me, that's all me. I don't need this anymore. I got it figured. I've arrived. I'm perfect. You know what? If you ever do make it to that day, the devil's going, I love it when you think you've made it. Because I'm going to slam dunk you tomorrow. Remember, Jesus said, be careful if you think you stand, lest you fall. Pride goes before what? Yeah, fall or destruction. The devil loves people when they go, hey, I've arrived. Haven't I, mean, I got this all figured out? I know all things, just ask me. Boom! That's when they're taken out. This demonstration of pride. So here we have this freedom from pride and arrogance And that deep sense of unworthiness in relationship to God. But there's one more. And submission to God's will. Submissions to to God's will. Now, I've shared with you that this is the book of life. There is no other book. This is the book of life. And you know, every time I've tried to do things on my own, I'm pretty smart, I think. That's when I get in trouble. God, I got this one. Stand back. I got this one. He's going, I'm standing back, all right, but it's not because you got this one, right? (laughs) Wow. I have to share with you a story, an illustration that sometimes people get too big for their britches, as in Belarus, and there was a leader of this great ministry that Steve Doty and I and several others have basically participated in. And, and Steve and I and a couple others went, and I think you are with us, we went to this orphanage school really far away from the city of Minsk. And it was like way out in the never Neverlands of Belarus. And uh, so we're driving along and we're driving these back roads and here's this building right there. And it, we go inside and it's pretty rickety. And the, the young ladies are going to be in there working on painting one of these really cool classrooms and stuff like that. And then the, the guys are gonna be out and painting and working on other things. And the leader of that ministry, oh my, I mean, just dressed always to the nines and every hair's in place. And and uh, and I said, you know what would be a great example of leadership? And I asked this person, I said, Did Jesus lay his life down for us and sacrifice to show us how to live? And they said, Well, yes. I said, wouldn't it be, didn't Jesus hang on the cross and all the nasty violence the world is poured in his body? And they said, yes. I said, you know what would be a great example for your kids? And a great example for my kids is if you and I went into these bathrooms, they're outhouses. They're wooden outhouses. And paint the outhouses inside because they're all nasty and vile. And that person goes, what? And they go, look, Jesus went to the cross and was filled with all the vileness of the world. Don't you think we'd have a great example and we could teach the kids later? They didn't want to do it. But I said, come on in, come on in. And so we painted and they got a call. Always carrying the cell phone around, right? Probably texted somebody, save me, man. Give me a call so I don't have to do this. But we painted it. And I'll tell you what, when we went in, it was, woo in the summertime. Were you there? Do you remember that? (laughs) You guys were in in the building having fun. So I was in the outhouse having fun. And you know what? They don't do the the non-toxic paint in Belarus. I mean, it's full of lead and full of whatever else that makes your eyeballs burn. So you go in and you smell the smell and your eyeballs are burning and you start painting it and your eyeballs are burning worse. So it didn't matter, man. It just stumped the whole time. But we got it done and that person got called away. But it was kind of fun to watch them squirm while they were, it's gross. It's like, come on, buck up. Jesus went to the cross for you and you can't even... Paint the toilets for these people that you supposedly deeply love and care about? Come on. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, so moving right along, that's my story. I'm moving on. What, did, what does Jesus say about humility? And I'll tell you what. You better put your crash helmet on and uh, your seatbelt. belt. Uh, we're going to go over these really quickly. So I don't think too much harm will be done. I don't think anybody will leave beaten to a pulp. Uh, but, you know, the scriptures have a tendency to do that, don't they? <laughs> have you ever noticed that when you're doing something and, the, and you're reading the scriptures, like, Ugh! Anybody else have that experience before? Ugh! You know, I love it, the way Jesus teaches. <laughs> he sets people up. I'm not setting you up, by the way. I'm just reading what Jesus said. It's his fault, not mine. Okay. I'm just the messenger boy. Here we go. Matthew chapter 18, verses one through one through four. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You should have seen the discussion going on before that. Who's, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a, a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Hey, the kingdom of heaven is eternal, Amen kingdom of heaven is unshakable amen bible teaches that the church is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of christ anyway it says in verse four whoever then humbles himself as this child he's greatest in the kingdom of heaven notice verse four whoever humbles himself you have to humble yourself that lady did not want to go paint those smelly toilets because she didn't want to what serve others you're saying oh yeah she wanted to serve others why didn't she just get in there and get it done real quickly instead of whining the whole time makes me kind of frustrated if someone's going to lead, they need to get down and be willing to clean the toilets they need Jesus cleaned your toilet We did He cleans your toilet every day when you go and ask him, would you forgive me? Yes, I'll forgive you. Now go forth and conquer. I don't know about you, but I love that when he says that. So it's important for us to recognize, look, you need to humble yourself. I need to humble myself. If someone has a need and I can help them, I should do that with a good attitude, no strings attached, because that's who Jesus is. Do you hear what I just said? That's the right thing to do. That sounds arrogant. That's who Jesus is. Are you a Christian? Then help people when they have a need. No strings attached. It's amazing when people see that. It's like, are you for real? Well, hang around a while and you'll find out. Because there needs to be consistency. Look at the next one. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23, beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 23 beginning in verse 1. I want to make sure I'm reading the right one here. Oh, good. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you do and observe, but do not according to their deeds. Do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men, for they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor at banquets and chief seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces, being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, For one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. Verse 11 and 12. But the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. That is an absolute. Whoever humbles himself, God will raise up. Whoever exalts himself, God's going to take out. I don't know about you, but Jesus Christ humbled himself. And was he not exalted to the right hand of God? Is he not king of kings, lord of lords, the only sovereign? Absolutely. Hey, I want to be great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, get in and paint the outhouses. Well, I don't want to do that. Man, I'm telling you what, when you start working with people and you love them like Jesus, man. They have a lot of outhouses to paint. You know what I'm saying? And people don't like to get involved in people's lives because of the mess. I'll tell you what, if I see the world the way it's going and if you see it the same way, there's going to be a lot more outhouses to be cleaning up in people's lives when this thing shakes apart. And Jesus came into the world in one of the worst times in human history. You go back and look at how vile it was. I shared with you already before, about 80% of the population in Rome were slaves. Some had good masters, some had bad masters, but that's just how that was. That was the culture. So brethren, it's important for us to recognize we're still living in good times. Now's the green tree to work hard, to become humble and serve one another. Well, Look at Luke chapter 14. Here's a parable. Luke chapter 14. And uh, I love parables because they're like little mysteries that you have to figure out. Luke chapter 14, verses seven through 11. And he began speaking a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table, saying to one another, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for someone more distinguished then you may have been invited by you. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this man. And then in disgrace, you proceed to occupy the last seat in the house. But when you are invited, go and recline at the least place so that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I want you to memorize that verse. He who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. That's Jesus who says that. That's a promise, man. That's a promise. So if you want to be disgraced before the Son of God and all humanity... You just exalt yourself and have a great time doing it. But if you want to be recognized by Jesus Christ on that last day, when he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was in prison and you visited me. And they said, when did we do those things, Lord? When you did it to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. You did it with no strings attached. You did it because you were living just like me. Enter into your rest. That's a powerful statement. I have to tell you, I got that one stunk in my brain. Because on the last day, it's too late to change. You are supposed to be doing that humble, sacrificial service without any strings attached, the Jesus thing, right now. And he says to show greater servitude to the brethren, but also to all men. Well, we'll get to that one again soon. But that one really gets under my skin, I have to tell you. That one's the one every time I read it, it goes. I may not do that to you, but it does that to me. But you know, honestly, it's all about being selfish or selfless. That's really what it is. Simply stated. So examine yourselves. We still have time. Praise God. Look at, uh, well, I don't know how much time, but we still have time. We're all here. Uh, Luke chapter 18. Take a look at verse 9. Verse nine, down through verse 14. He also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves, I might say, who knew all things, wise in their own eyes, arrogant beyond degree. Just ask them and they'll tell you they know all things. Anyway, sorry, I just, I went off on that one. Okay, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying This to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Swindlers, like that IRS guy right there. Swindlers, unjust adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, God. Be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified, innocent before God rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, uh, excuse me, let me do that one again better. I tell you, uh, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Four times Jesus says that. I think, He wants us to understand. And they're all different, by the way. They're not a parallel passage. Those are all different teachings about humility. And they all end with the person who humbles themselves, lives selfishly for themselves, that person will be humbled. Now, when are they going to be humbled? You do not want to be humbled by the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not want to be brought low on the last day. That's why you need to choose to lower yourself in humility, in sacrificial service. Recognizing that, you know what, God is sovereign. And so as you see yourself wanting to become mature as he is mature, you'll always notice there's something else I can fix, Lord. One more thing, one more thing. If that's the heart you have. Brethren, we're gonna spend all of September working on humility. I need that. I I need to work on humility. We all do actually. And it, it needs to be manifest. So if we start by working on little things, putting self away in little things and embracing helping others, how important that is. I'll bring some actual practical examples for you. For my life so that you go, oh, I could see how that might fit and how I'm operating. So brethren, I pray that you will walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called in all humility. The next four lessons, we're gonna be working on how to walk in humility. Let's pray. Father, I would ask that you would help us to humble ourselves before your loving, perfect hand. I pray that we would recognize as your son, Jesus Christ, the great servant, the great shepherd who gave his life as a ransom for us, that we would look to his example and humble ourselves and give ourselves fully to serving you by serving others. I ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go. Anybody? Anybody? Remember this one, what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings, king of kings. All right, let's get her done.